Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, and I'll be reading a couple different sections here uh, in just a, a moment. Uh, we're looking at a parable today. Uh, that has to do with, with farming. Now, uh, I, I've never worked on a farm. I mean, I've visited farms before. Uh, both sides of my family, you know, the grandparents or great-grandparents, they had farms. And, and I know my mom and dad, they always talked about the times that they worked on farms uh, when they were uh, kids. I never had uh, that, that, that privilege, but I do know this. Uh, it is hard work, and I have a lot of honor and, and esteem for those who do uh, work on farms. You know, it, it might be hard for, uh, for people to believe uh, and, and maybe some of the young folks to believe. I mean, food doesn't grow in grocery stores. It has to come from somewhere. And, and we're thankful that we have farmers who, who do work so that we do have food at the grocery store in order uh, to, to go get it. And so farmers are definitely uh, due uh, some, some honor. And you know, when they, when they do uh, their work, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. There's a lot of factors that they have to consider growing crops. I mean, is there going to be rainfall? Is there going to be uh, pests? Is there going to be some sort of vermin that try and get to it? Is the, is the soil going to be fertile? So many different things that goes into farming and making sure that things grow and grow uh, rightly. There, there's things you've got to prepare for in order to be able to reap the harvest. And, and so Jesus he uses uh, this parable, this idea of farming and growing and, and things like that to talk about uh, some things about the kingdom of God. I mean, most of his parables have to do with the kingdom of God and being part of the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be in the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of God? And, and how are we a part of the kingdom of God? And he's using this parable today to talk about the readiness of our heart to accept the kingdom of God through uh, Jesus Christ. You know, just like farmers have to prepare the land uh, before uh, they plant the seed, we prepare our hearts to get ready for what Christ has uh, in our lives. Uh, it, you know, we think about our eternal state, but even for the here and now, our usefulness for God depends on how receptive and ready our heart is to accept the message of God's kingdom. And so my prayer is we leave here today with hearts that are open uh, to the message of the kingdom that we are prepared for some fruitful service. We're not just consumers. Uh, you know, we, 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 so much of, uh, of American Christianity in the 21st century is just being a consumer. Okay, let me, let me be in the stands. Let me just root on the team. Those who are actually out on the field, but we're all supposed to be out on the field. And, and I pray that uh, through the parable today, our hearts are ready to receive the message, our hearts are ready to act on the message, our hearts are ready to be part of the work that God is doing in the world. And, and so uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 9, and then I'm going to read verses 18 through 23, because Jesus tells the parable, and a little bit later on he has to explain the parable uh, to his disciples. And so if you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read these verses. In Matthew 13, it says that the same day Jesus went out of the house and he sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow. 
And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds they fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they, since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds, they fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds, they fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Now go down to verse 18. Jesus has to explain what exactly he meant, because even his disciples were a little confused. And Jesus says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. That is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, as we consider your word, I pray that we do prepare our hearts for you and for your word, and for the challenges that you give us, and for what it is that you have for us. And, and so, Lord, uh, may your Holy Spirit take the weakness of anything that I have to say and bring it home to everyone here in, in what they need to hear. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Now, before we consider the parable that Jesus told, I want to give a little bit of a context of, of what's going on here, uh, because he's telling this parable for a reason. It's following up from uh, some of the things that have gone on uh, before. Because before this passage, you get into chapters 11 and 12. Now, Jesus, he'd been going through some towns, he'd been going through some villages, and, you know, he's been preaching and teaching, and he's been doing miracles. And, you know, with everything that Jesus was doing, you would think that he would have found a lot of people with receptive hearts. Hey, ooh, look at this, and we're ready for it. We're ready for what Jesus has to say. We're ready to accept what Jesus is teaching about himself. But you would think that it, things would be that way, but you find that, well, it was not. People's hearts were not ready for that. Some of the people in the towns and the cities they kind of looked at Jesus with indifference. Eh, yeah, okay, another religious guy. Some of them just hardened their heart toward him and his message. I mean, some of the claims that Jesus made for himself, they just kind of hardened their hearts toward him. Eh, yeah, we're not really ready to accept him as a Messiah or anything. Uh, we, we find in, in these chapters that the religious leaders were openly hostile toward him. I mean, they accused him of breaking the law. They accused him of using the power of Satan in order to do the miracles he was doing and, and to drive demons out. You're using the spirit of Beelzebub in order to drive the demons out, which makes no sense. You're using a demon to drive out a, a demon. But that's what they claimed. And so it says that they conspired against him to see how they might destroy him. They wanted to destroy him. It, they didn't want to just discredit him. They didn't want to just silence him. They wanted to 
destroy him. And what's strange is you even find in, in these chapters is that even his own mother and brothers, yeah, they loved him, but, but they were trying to get him out of the public spotlight because, well, frankly, they thought he was crazy. They thought he, that he had gone kind of bonkers or something. So they kind of wanted, let's just bring him home and, and, and try and settle him down. So there wasn't a wide acceptance of Jesus and his message at the time. And so Jesus began to teach in parables. Now, the, the part of the chapter that I didn't read, he explains why he teaches in parables. So those who don't want to hear, well, they're not going to hear. Those who don't want to see, they're not going to see. We're going to keep the spiritually blind blind. We're going to keep the spiritually deaf deaf. Because they don't have a heart that wants to hear the truth. But Jesus talks, uses these parables to talk about truth so that those who do want to hear, they'll be able to garner uh, what is true. And so he talks about, in this parable, actually people being ready to receive what he has to say. To receive the truth. To receive the truth about who he is. And so, you know, the, the, the question is, are you ready to receive who he is? And are you ready to receive the truths that he has to say? Are you ready to, to bring on to yourself and, and to just cling to what Christ has to tell you about the truth, about the kingdom, about God, about him, about everything? And so he tells this parable about being ready. Are you ready? Now, you've, you've heard this parable referred to as the parable of the sower. You've heard it referred to as the parable of the seed. You've heard it referred to as the parable of the soils. Whatever, whatever name you want to give it, those names actually give the three elements that uh, are, are important uh, to this particular parable. Um, these, are, these three uh, have, have points to them. They have elements. These elements have meaning to them. And, and it drives toward what Jesus is trying to get across. And so I'm, I want to consider each of these elements is what we're going to look at today. So first today, let's consider the sower. Let's consider the sower. Jesus begins by saying, the sower went out to sow. And that isn't necessarily uh, words that we use in, in our day and age. And so it might be better to say that a farmer went out to farm or a farmer went out to plant seeds or, you know, something along those lines, terminology we might be more familiar with. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, they, they didn't plant seeds like we think of planting seeds. If you have, you know, a, a little garden at home, you know, you might dig a hole, put the seed in, and pat it down, and things like that. And obviously, farmers have, uh, have all that equipment that, that they use. Well, in, in first century uh, Judea, you know, they, they didn't really have that kind of stuff. They did things a little bit different. And so a field would have different patches of ground that would be cultivated and plowed and prepared. And, but in between these patches of ground, there would be footpaths that would go in and around the, the different uh, patches that were ready for the seed. And the, the farmer, the sower, would walk around and would just toss seed into those different patches. He'd toss seed over here, he's walking along, he's throwing seed here, he's throwing seed there. There's just seed going all over the place. And, you know, some of it would go on the places that were actually prepared for it, and some of it wouldn't. It would go uh, into uh, uh, other places. And, and so he, he's using uh, all this picture uh, to, to, uh, to, to make his point, and he has to give an explanation of the parable. And in the explanation 
of the parable, he doesn't really mention who the sower represents. And I think he purposely leaves it vague because it represents a, a few different things. I mean, obviously, first, the sower represents Jesus himself. Jesus is going from town to town, village to village. He is sharing the good news that I, I'm here and, and he, he's telling people about himself. He's telling people about the kingdom. He, he's going around and, and trying to point people uh, to himself. Um, a little later on, in, in a different parable, the, uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares, uh, Jesus says, well, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Yeah. And so he, he is going around and he is giving his message. But then later on, Jesus would commission the apostles to go forth. And he would send them into the different towns and the different villages, and they were the ones that were to spread the message. Well, now, by extension, all these years later, the church is the one that goes forth and gives the message, throws that, throws that out there. We're the ones that go forth. Now, you know, when I say the church, I, I, I mean just the, the church, you know, the body, the people. The people are, are the church. And so everyone goes forth. And, 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 and shares. I mean, Christ isn't the only sower. We're sowers. We're farmers. We're the ones who are, 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 are giving the seed. We're doing our part in planting and sowing and however you might want uh, to uh, describe it. Um, we're the ones scattering the, the seed. Now, you know, the farmer isn't the one that causes the seed to grow, right? The farmer just gets the seed out there gets it to where it'll find a place where it will grow. But in order for it to grow, the farmer has to first, you know, sow the seed. Seeds don't plant themselves, right? Seeds need someone to plant them. And so that, that's the thing. The sower represents the one who's going forth, who is sharing, who is teaching, who is preaching, who is giving the, the message and, and yeah, you know what? It, it involves work. It involves labor. I mean, if there, there would ne never would be, but if there was a lazy farmer who wouldn't actually go out and farm and who wouldn't sow and who wouldn't plant, well, they'd go hungry because no nothing would happen. The farmland just doesn't do its own thing. It, it takes work. And, and so, you know, I, I, all Christians, I think, say, you know what? We would love for people to get saved and go to heaven and things like that. Okay, are you out there sowing the seed? Well, no, that's your job, preacher. Well, yeah, the thing is, I'm not the church. We're the church. And, and so if we want God's kingdom to grow and we want people to be saved and we want to see growth, we want to see fruitfulness, well, guess what? That means we all need to go out there sowing the seed, getting it out there. Wherever we are, at your job, at your school, in your neighborhood, and, and what, if you're involved in different clubs or whatever, you know, you're, you're out there, you are sowing the seed. And, and so, church, go out there and plant. Go out there and do some sowing. Get that seed out there. Of course, then that leads to the next element. So, secondly, I want to talk about the seed. What do I mean by the seed? So, the sower is Jesus, and the sower is the, then the apostles, and then the sower is us, and we're teaching, and we're preaching, and we're sharing the seed. We're throwing it out there. What is the seed? Well, according to verse 9, the seed is the word of the kingdom. 
Mark's version says that it's the Word, and Luke's version says that it is the Word of God. And so the, the, the seed represents the message of the kingdom. It represents the gospel of the kingdom. It represents the message that Jesus Christ is God the Son, and he, His coming, and by His coming, He inaugurated the kingdom of God. And what's the kingdom of God? That God rules and reigns in the hearts of those who repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And in everything that he would accomplish through his death and through his resurrection and, and things like that, we're out there giving that message. Jesus saves. Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. Jesus is coming again. And he is king. And, and, and so we're out there and we are scattering that message. We're sharing the gospel message to anybody and everybody. That's why we just throw it out there. Again, you know, we're, we're, we throw the seed and we pray that it gets implanted somewhere where it will grow into a crop. If the gospel message, if the seed is allowed to do its work, it's going to change someone. It's going to draw someone to God. It's going to bring someone to Jesus Christ. Because the gospel of the kingdom is able to transform. It is able to bring the dead to life. It's able to take someone who, who lives for themselves and then transform them into someone who's going to glorify God and be a blessing to others. But there is a condition for that to happen. We're sowers, we're, throwing, we're scattering the seed, we are sowing the seed, we are planting the seed, we're putting the seed out there, we're getting the message out there. But for the seed to take and to grow and to become fruitful, there is a condition, and the condition is the third element. And so let's spend time looking at this third element, and honestly, this is, this is kind of the main focus of the parable. The third element is the soil. The third element is, is the soil. And, and Jesus describes four different types of soil where the seed falls. Now, in the, in the explanation, he makes it clear that the, that the soil represents the human heart. The human heart, whether or not it is ready to receive the message, whether or not it's ready to receive the message of the gospel, the message of the kingdom, the message of Christ, and it grows into something. The soil determines what happens to the seed in that person's life. So the, the soil is representative of the, of the different responses that people have to the gospel message. The soil represents your heart. And so we look at these things, and the question you have to ask yourself is, what kind of soil am I? What kind of soil is my heart? I mean, I'm one, I, I, I must be represented by one of these. So where is my heart in, in this? Jesus is describing the human heart and its readiness to respond. And unfortunately, a vast majority of people will not respond favorably to the message. That's why there's three bad soils and one good soil. You know, you might read some commentary or something that says, well, you know, that means that 25% of people will respond to the gospel message because one out of four... So no, that, that's not the point. 
you know, that's stretching things a little too far. It just means that, you know what, the message is going to go out there. And hopefully you are sowing the message. You're getting that seed out there. But don't be surprised when people don't become fruitful. Don't respond. But I'll tell you what, you rejoice when someone does. Rejoice for the ones that do respond. And pray for the ones that, that don't. And so Jesus is describing why some people do and some people don't respond to the message of, of the kingdom. I hope this is a time of reflection. What is your heart? What is my heart? Will the seed of the message grow and bloom and blossom and become fruitful? So let's consider uh, the, the different soils. He begins by describing three different types of soil, three different types of hearts where the seed is not able to take root and grow and, and uh, become fruitful. Because remember the picture that, that I gave. This is how they, they farmed and the first century that you had areas that were plowed and ready but you're you're throwing seed and I mean you're you're throwing toward that area but not all of it falls there some of it falls over here and some of it falls over here and, and things like that because there's seed flying everywhere right so it lands on these different places that aren't prepared for growth so let's consider the the three that are not prepared for growth one Jesus says that some of the seed fell on the footpaths, the footpaths that go between uh, the fields. This is where, you know, people would walk and, and track through somebody's field. So it, it, it's, it's a path, and, and the, the ground has been, you know, pressed down. It's been packed down because of people walking over it constantly. And so when the seed hits the footpath, it just kind of bounces off the ground because it's just packed down. I mean, here in Alabama, you're used to being ground that's packed down and hard as a rock, that, that Alabama red, if you want to call it dirt, I mean, it's just, it just hard as a rock, you know? And, and if someone has been walking on a certain path, I mean, it's even harder than normal. If you've ever gone hiking or something, you know, you walk, there's thou, thousands of people that have walked that path. That earth is it's pushed down, it is hard. There's nothing penetrating that. And, and he says, you know, the seed just bounces off that hard ground. And, and, and then it's just there. Well, the birds are flying around. They see this seed just sitting there. Well, yeah, lunch. So they go down and, and, uh, and, and they get it. And Jesus says, that's the state of some human hearts. They hear the gospel message, but their heart is so hard, it, they refuse access to their hearts. They said, no, that, that message isn't coming, coming through. And it's not necessarily that they can't understand, it's that they don't want to understand. But in case a little bit of that gospel seed is still there, you know, there might be a chance that it could somehow burrow its way into someone's heart. And so to prevent that, Jesus says the devil comes, Satan comes, and he takes the seed away. He, you know, the, the birds, they represent Satan, the devil, all his minions and whatever. And they take that seed away. So, you know, to make sure that someone doesn't respond to the message. I mean, their heart was already hard. And then Satan's like, yeah, your, your heart's going to remain hard. I'm going to come and, you know, make sure that because the gospel is powerful. The word of God is powerful. And even if one little bit was left in someone's heart, 
it, it, it could grow and the person could get saved. And so Satan, you know, comes and he, he steals it uh, away. And so this first soil is representative of someone who's hardened to the things of God and indifferent of what it means to their eternal soul. And, you know, they think that the gospel is superstition. They think it's, it's fable. And, and Satan is going to take away the message and then, you know, replace it with his lies. Yeah, you, you don't need that Christianity stuff. They're nothing but a bunch of judgmental, you know, whatever. And, and, and it's just mere fables and blah, blah. You know, Satan is going to steal away that seed. So that's one heart. The second heart, you know, is soil that's described as rocky ground. And, and what it describes is, you know, something that was found in Israel quite often is they had a, a bedrock of limestone. And, and just underneath the surface is this limestone. And there's this very thin layer of soil on top of it. And so the seed might fall in that soil, but, you know, it's only a a few centimeters thick or whatever. Well, the, the, the planting season in Israel, it's rainy, and so the seed gets wet and it might start to grow. But, but you know what? It, it, because of the rock that's underneath, the, the, the roots can't get down. The roots can't grow, and, and, and they can't get to a water source. And so, sure, I mean, it looks on surface level like it might be growing, but there's no root system to hold it down and to get water. And so then the later months are scorching hot. And it just withers away. It gets burned up. There's no real growth. And, and Jesus likens that soil to someone who hears the word of God and receives it with joy, it says. Now, we, we might liken that to someone who, okay, they hear a rousing testimony, they hear a rousing sermon, and they're caught up in the emotions of it all oh yeah yeah it sounds like something I want or or if um, you know they're having a hard time they're going through a hard time in life and they hear about Jesus and they're like well you know what I mean nothing else seems to work let me see if I can get this Jesus thing to work every everything is an emotional response it's all surface level it's all emotional but then all of a sudden trials and tribulations and persecutions happen and because they don't have genuine faith, they don't have a root system in the faith, they, they, they fall away. They decide, oh, you know what? This Jesus thing doesn't work after all. Because maybe they, maybe they, maybe they were told the lie that, you know what? You come to Jesus and everything in your life is going to be okay. No. Sometimes you come to Jesus, things might get a little bit harder, but I, I'll tell you what, he will be there with you to walk you through it. He'll be your fortress. He'll be your shield. He'll be your everything. But it's, people think that. Unfortunately, there's preachers who preach that. But, you know, they, they, they have this emotional response, and then trials and tribulations come, and life begins to get hard. And so, you know, the, the initial high you get when you have a Jesus moment, or if you want to call it that, it, it, it goes away. And you don't have the emotions. I don't feel the emotions anymore. And so because I don't feel the emotions, this Jesus thing must not work. And so they, they, they walk away. I mean, it's not a matter that they believed and backslid. It's just that they never really believed. Because, I mean, to go with another parable that Jesus talked about, they never counted the cost. 
they don't really didn't really understand what it meant to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. Because when you follow Jesus, he calls you to get out of your comfort zone. When you follow Jesus, he calls you to take up your cross. You follow Jesus, he actually requires something of you. And and that's not emotional. That doesn't give the, the emotional high, the emotional fix. I mean, it's almost like a drug. I need to have these emotions. But Jesus doesn't give those emotions. So this Jesus thing must not work. And so they say, no thanks, that's not what I signed up for. This persecution's happening, all this other stuff's happening. Nah, that's not for me. So so that soil represents, okay, Jesus no longer gives you the emotional high. They fall away. They return to where they were before. So that's the second soil. Then there's a third soil. Jesus said that other seed fell in soil that would eventually also grow thorns. So yeah, the soil at first might look good, but... Underneath the surface, there were seeds or or even the root system of these thorny weeds. And and we're not just talking like the the annoying little weeds that come into your yard and, you know, you get true green or wings or someone to come and, and, you know, kill those weeds. They're not just these little tiny, tiny weeds. These are thorn bushes that grow several several feet tall. I mean, these are big, big weeds with thorns on them. And so the good grain is trying to grow while these large thorn bushes are also trying to grow and they're in competition with one another, right? They're in competition for space. They're in competition for nutrients. They're in competition for waters. And eventually the thorn bushes overcome the grain and the grain dies out. Well, Jesus likens this to men and women who, yeah, they might have a positive disposition toward Christ and the Word, but but Jesus says that, that the cares of the world... And, re- and the love of money, really the love of the world, it chokes out the word so that it never grows and it never bears fruit. You know, as Jesus warned elsewhere, these people find out you cannot serve both God and mammon. You cannot serve both God and the world. Yeah, I want to live for the world, but I also want fire insurance. Well, that's not how it works. Because Jesus is Lord and Savior. He's Lord and Savior. So you have to choose your master, the world or Christ. You know, so the the soil, it's representative of people. They they are confronted with the gospel message, but they love the world. They love the things of the world. They love all these worldly matters, and so it chokes out any possibility of spiritual life in them. They'd rather gain the whole world not knowing that they're losing their soul in the process. So this is representative of people who find their worth and their value from what the world says. I want the world to speak positively of me. And so I'm going to pursue the world. They also find it easier to follow the world's definition of ethics and morals. Well, you know, the world says this is okay. The Bible says this isn't okay. Well, I'm going to go with the world. Well, Yeah, well, that just shows what kind of soil your heart is then. The worldly cares. Yeah, I want the, because it's easier to go with the world than it is with Christ. So these things, they choke out the word of God. You, You see this even among people who claim a form of Christianity, if you want to call them liberal, if you want to call them woke, whatever word you want to use, they ignore 
parts of the Word of God because they don't like what it says. Well, you know, I, I like this part about Jesus dying for me. I definitely like the part about going to heaven. Oh, the world says that this kind of lifestyle is a sin. Or the, the Bible says that this kind of lifestyle is a sin. The world says it's okay. And I'm going to go with the world on that one. You know, like we can pick and choose exactly what it is that we, that, that we want. You're not, gonna, you're not growing fruit that way. You're, you're falling lockstep in with the world. What the world says is good and evil and, and things like that. And so that soil, they find it easier to go with the crowds than it is to go with God. Three soils, three hearts. But there's one more type of soil, thankfully. There's one more type of soil. Thankfully, not all the soils are bad. There is good soil where the seed falls and it's able to grow, and it's able to flourish, it's able to have a healthy root system. There's nothing in it to crowd it out. It is able to grow until it bears much fruit, much fruit for the kingdom of God. The gospel is planted, it grows in someone's heart, and it is lived out in their lives. They bear much fruit. Now, you know, Jesus says all these numbers. Scholars say that if... In first century Judaism, if a crop would produce tenfold of grain, that was a big deal. But Jesus says, if the gospel falls into soil, into a heart that is good and is ready, it will multiply thirtyfold and sixtyfold, even a hundredfold. A whole lot of fruit is born in the good soil, in the good heart. A heart that Jesus likens to those who are receptive to the gospel, it changes their lives, and the word of God dwells in them richly, and they live out the word of God. They bear fruit. And obviously, different people will bear different fruit. It will, it will you know, some will be 30, some will be 60, but you know what? They're bearing fruit. Well, what does it mean to bear fruit? People who are winning souls. There, there's, the, there's the fruit of living in holiness. There, there's the fruit of the Spirit. You know, a Christ-like character, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's fruit of good works. There's, there's fruit of praise and thanksgiving, and on and on. I mean, you could find a whole lot of fruit in Scripture. People are bearing fruit. There's three bad soils. There's one good soil. Now the question comes, what soil is your heart? How ready is your heart for the seed of the Word of God? How ready is your heart for the gospel? That Jesus died, he rose again, he is Lord and Savior. That if, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That, that, that message hasn't been implanted in you and is it bearing fruit? Now there's a difference. I want you to hear this difference. Just because someone goes to church doesn't automatically mean they're good soil. Yeah, I'll go to church once a week. I must be good soil. What are you doing for Christ the rest of the week? How fruitful is the Word of God in your life the rest of the week? Well, it don't matter. I come on Sunday mornings. What more do you want from me? Jesus wants everything. You're fruitful. So what kind of soil are you? Are you like the soil in the path? I mean, 
have you hardened your heart to the true gospel message of repenting and believing in Jesus? Or, or do you think there's a better way to God? Or maybe you're like the rocky ground where the seed can't take root. You want the feel-good part of Christianity, but you don't want the hard parts. You don't want to actually, I don't know, give. And God forbid, I don't, definitely don't want to suffer for Christ. I just want the feel-good parts. Pastor, make me feel good. Give me my, the emotional high. Christ says, believe. Well, the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord. He says to take up your cross and follow him. He says, die to yourself. Boy, that's not very emotionally uplifting. Yeah, but it's the call. It's the call. Maybe the soil of your heart has a whole lot of thorn bushes in it. You love the riches and the pleasures of the world. And you don't want Jesus to take that away from you. You want the things of the world more than you want the, you know, the life of Christ within you. So you'd rather follow the crowd than deny yourself and follow Jesus. Or is your heart good soil? Do you have a good and noble heart that understands the Word of God and what it requires of you? So what is it? Are you bearing spiritual fruit in your life? If your life was put under a microscope, what kind of soil would we find? If your heart is represented by the first three soils, you need to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And while we're singing our last song, I'm going to be down at the front here. And I want you to give your life to Christ I want you to count the cost, so I want you to know exactly what it means to, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But maybe you are bearing some fruit. Why don't you come to the altar and pray that you would bear even more fruit for God? So is your heart ready for God's Word to do a work in your life? Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at kidsquest underscore HBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry and on Instagram at VSM underscore HBC. We welcome you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 8999 Waltrana Highway in Harvest, Alabama. Thanks for listening, and God bless.